You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, we're back in the saddle. We are live on a Saturday. Jay Teresi, Chica Eloy coming at you, the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Have you time traveled this week? (laughs) Not in good ways, but uh, for (laughs) sure. And shout out to all the listeners. Hey, if you have not taken a minute just to, uh, to rate this podcast or to leave a comment, we would love to hear from all these people that are apparently listening to us. So whether you're in Sweden, if you're in Nigeria, if you're in the Americas or North America, Give us some love. Give us some shout out. Send a little note to us. And uh, we would love to hear what topics you want to talk about next. But today, listeners, we are talking about time travel, time traveling to the future. Marty McFly, Marty McFly, when, when you hear about the future, Jay, when you think about the future, when you time travel to the future, what comes to mind? Well, I love thinking about Marty McFly. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> but but often actually actually it's anxiety filled that's what i've always battled thinking about the future being worried about what's going to happen it's so easy to get caught in that if you're not paying attention to what the bible has to say about how to think about the future and what jesus has to say it's so easy to get caught up in the way the world processes the future i've succumbed to that so many times and you know my big battle has always been back to the truth. And what does the truth have to say about the future? Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? Do not be anxious about anything, Jay, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So you say when you hear the future, you think anxiousness. Um, let's, let's, let's have a little word game just on the spot, Jay. I haven't prepared you for this, but same with the listeners. What are some words that we use in everyday language that talk about the future? I think about the word prepare because I'm preparing today for something tomorrow. I think of the the word hope. I'm hoping for something tomorrow to happen, maybe today, maybe in in an hour, in in a week. What are some other words that come to mind when we think about the future, Jay? Anything that comes to mind for you? I think the word plan pops to mind. Hmm. Planning for the future. It's along the lines of preparing. So there's many words that we use throughout each day. So in your your quick summary, do you think thinking about tomorrow, whether it be anxious or hopeful or excited, or even, I don't know, it's 9 o'clock here at 11.30 today, like, is that good? Is that biblical? Should we be thinking about the future? Yeah, I mean, I think it absolutely, but it's, it's entirely the construct you use, right? So... The Bible says in Romans that the Lord works all things out for our good. That is so powerful. And so when we think about the future, we can think with trust. The challenge is life happens in the present. And so it's so easy to get caught up by letting the past determine our future rather than healing the past, living in the present, and being excited for what God has to unfold in our future. And I think as believers, as men who are attempting to live out a biblical worldview, we are we have to have nothing about but hope for the future because the future is full of the things God wants to get done in this world through us and with us and when we can use that perspective you know we don't get caught up 
but it's easy to get caught up when you have responsibilities and you think about your job and your kids and paying the bills and you get so caught up. You know, my wife always says she's done some missionary work overseas in some, in some underdeveloped countries and they just don't have as much anxiety about the future from her perspective. And again, this is just, you know, but she, she noticed the difference when she was there in the pace of life and the way they thought about the future versus the way we think about the future. And we have so much stuff and where she was ministering, they didn't have hardly anything. And yet they weren't as freaked out about the future as we tend to be in the West. Let me throw a little grenade into our talk. I was just thinking as you were speaking through there, God or the Bible, the scriptures indicate to us that God is independent time, right? And so therefore God doesn't necessarily need to time travel because as humans, you know, we, we see time in a narrow, narrow way compared to the almighty. Um, but there are times in scripture too that come to my mind where, where men, prophetic men, are granted visions of the future. Um, if I was to just speak for, from, from the book of Daniel real quick, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heavens, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient days and was presented before him. You know, it, it's speaking prophetically as in some of the, our favorite characters in the Bible looked to the future to then warn us about what is coming as well. Yeah, I mean, the Bible is full of future prophecy, right, that has already been fulfilled and is still to be fulfilled. And so I think Jesus, he fulfilled some incredible amount of prophecies. I can't even remember the number, but it's astronomical. It's so high and so mathematically almost impossible. That's a big part if you're doing apologetics, why people have so much confidence because of the math of just all the different biblical prophecy that he fulfilled. But so much of it is still yet to be fulfilled. And that is really, as believers, what we're supposed to be looking forward to is what is coming, not how am I going to pay my bills or what's my next job going to be or, oh, am I going to get sick in the future or what's going to happen politically or in the world? Like those are the things we're not supposed to worry about. It's hard not to because the world construct is like, worry about this, worry about this, worry about this. And yet the Christian worldview is, don't worry, plan, work hard, right? Listen to God, work hard, plan, listen to God, pray, release. But don't worry. And that is where the rub of it really occurs. In the scripture of Jeremiah, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Man, I, I think of, and I had this conversation this week, and maybe some of the listeners are going to have a major eye roll when I bring this up. But I'm speaking with a friend of mine that's going through a really hard time right now on the West Coast with his wife. And uh, he spoke to me, he said, well, you know, if, if I think it, if I, you know, the law of attraction, if I, if I use the secret, things will come, you know, as, as I think, because I believe and intend for the good things to happen. And I know who I am. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's your reaction to, to that, the law of attraction, Jay, when it comes to matching that against our biblical foundation? I mean, this is where it gets really tricky, right? Like there is some universal law to how the human mind works in relation with God, but it can be misused like everything else. And so, you know, when, when, is there some truth to the law of attraction? Like there is, like, that's pretty clear. And, and how does that get twisted? I think it's important to remember God is the only thing that can create universally. The enemy can only corrupt. So clearly the, the scriptures tell us, ask for what you wish. It will be given to you if you're living in Christ. 
the, the difference between that law of attraction is there's no rule in it to how your life is being lived and where you put your hope and all these other things. And it generally, not always, but often has to do with materialistic things. And the biblical worldview of trusting, asking, living a certain way is totally different. And so, you know, William James said, you know, in the 1800s, uh, people by and large become what they think of themselves. Like there's something there. Mm -hmm. And I think the material world is, of course, seized on that. Visualizing. I mean, people that have done that, great athletes, they know there's something there. The power of the mind to create into the physical world is real. But biblically, like, what does it look like? And so as we think about the future, God says, ask me. Lean into me. Trust me. Ask for what you wish, but if you are in relationship with me, what you're asking for will be in alignment with what I want to bring into your life. Those words again, you just said trust. I mean, to trust today means that you're thinking about tomorrow. To have faith today almost means that we're thinking about tomorrow too. I mean, Jay and listeners are very familiar if you've been listening to this podcast. Jay and I over the last couple of years, just like any human, has had ups and down seasons throughout the year. And every time we fall into a valley, Jay, we are thinking about the next mountain that we've got to climb or, or maybe even summit to be holding our hands above our head and saying, praise the Lord, right? So in every valley, we're actually thinking about the summit because we want to be out of the valley and back on the summit with Jesus holding us in his hands, even though we know in the valley, we're in the cradle of his, uh, his hands as well. Yeah, I mean, I think most humans don't like to be uncomfortable. We like to be comfortable. We like to be secure. And when we're not, it really throws our worlds into chaos and those around us. And this is the big challenge about thinking about the future. If you're not trusting and you don't have faith, and I can speak from deep personal experience here, then you begin to try to control everything and it can really throw things off and, and really get in the way of what God's trying to get worked out. And ultimately he'll get done what he wants to get done, but we, we can impact it not always for the positive because we get so chaotic, so anxious. We start damaging relationships. We start missing people. We're not seeing anything. We isolate. You know, we're so freaked out. And then when God comes through, we're like, oh boy, I, I wish I'd handled that differently once we're calm again. And that is, that is the idea of mature Christianity for a mature biblical manhood is how can I actually be calm when I have no idea what's going to happen? When I have no idea. Let's just say you lose your job. You're like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay the bills, but I'm not going to freak out. I'm cool. I'm cool. You get a diagnosis you don't want. I'm cool. Mm. I'm not going to freak out. Do what God said. I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust. I'm going to love other people. We often can think about the future and forget to love other people because we get so focused on, I need to know what's going to happen. And the reality is, even when we're comfortable on top of the mountain, things can change overnight. We just forget when we're comfortable. Now, I would say too, Chica, and I'd love to hear you talk about this. You went through a period where you were looking for a job and you weren't sure about the future. Your faith allowed God to come through in ways that were totally shocking. <laughs> is that is that through your lens or through my lens? Because I was like a duck, right? I may to you have been just floating on the water, but boy, I was paddling underneath that underneath that surface. I mean, yes, the answer is yes. And, and you've seen me have to deal with that a, a couple of times over the last five years, where there's just been a major life transition in terms of the, the professional side. Um, wh what were you seeing, Jay? And maybe we haven't even unpacked this. What were you saying when you say I had an amazing faith? What did that mean to you? You did the things you're supposed to do. You applied for jobs, you worked, but you know, you spent your days productively. You served, you mm -hmm. worked, 
you did things that were productive and you trusted and you talked about it and you said, you know, I don't like this feeling, but I think God's definitely got something for me. And he would show up at these amazing times in these amazing ways, financially and other ways to carry on. He took care of your family. He took care of you. And I think because of your faith, he was able to do that. Now he can always do whatever he wants to do, but you were in alignment and agreement with him. And not- 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent, and and you know, I think the big one that happened as as for many of our listeners, we all know a lot happened during the pandemic, uh, and when I got furloughed, and when I fell, and you know, there was so many phys- physically I fell down, you know, emotionally I was falling down, uh, physically I had gout, and for any man on the on the podcast that's ever had gout before, that came I believe still to this day, not because of my diet, but because of the stress behind what was happening to me professionally. And again, that anxiousness. But when the Lord kind of rescued me from that situation by providing another outlet for us to financially gain, um, from then on, I don't think I've ever looked back. And we've all as men had these little moments amongst the, the, the massive moments, but the little moments where you question your faith, where you may even question if the Lord's in it. Um, but boy, when he came through for me that time, the second time where I where I kind of fell into a professional valley, uh, there was there was not even a question. I'm like, please, he's completely orchestrating this tapestry. He's completely playing the music right now. I've just got to follow along and 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 know that at the end. And as we've spoken about several times, Jay, over the last few podcasts, you know, th- the current role that I'm in has just been a a miracle. Yeah, it has. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and and for you too. For you too, I know that there's plenty coming around the corner for you, and you may be in in a kind of valley right now. But boy, daily we speak, and and we can see some light coming around that corner. Yeah, and we just got to trust that. It's been a really good this last year has been tough for me professionally and unexpected, and I've learned so much, and I had so much professional comfort for so many years. I, I was not equipped and didn't really have experience in how to go through this, and so hasn't always been pretty. Uh, you've been a great coach. And other folks have spoken into my life too. And this is where you learn to trust God, the God of our valleys. The God of our valleys is the same God of our peaks, and he will bring us through. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, um, here's, here's, a, here's something that came up as I was just explaining my faith. A lot of that came back to prayer. And so as we you know turn the corner and we're, we're thinking about time traveling to the future, is prayer a form of time travel to the future? I think because, it is. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're being thankful for today. We're thankful for this meal today, right? But we say, Lord, in your will, your will be done, as in your will be done in the future. Well, he says he's going to take care of it. And so I think when we trust that, and if we can pray that, if we can lean into that, then we can try time travel to the future in the way God wants us to, which is with faith. And we cannot fear it. We don't have to fear it. And so I think a large part of anxiety is driven by fear. What is going to happen? And we, we tend to, many humans, not all, many humans tend to only see the darkness in the future. I'm not going to be able to. They see lack. They see those things. God says, see abundance. He says, see abundance. Have no fear. Have no fear. My plan is to prosper you and not to harm you. See abundance in your future. And trust me in today. And he'll, I'll bring it about in a way, this is the thing about God, I'll bring it about in a way that you don't expect. So stop trying to control it. It's not mm. going to work out. It's not going to play out the way you thought. I love that. 
mindset of abundance versus scarcity. You know, I've been I've been highly um highly focused over the last couple of weeks of just listening to the signals that people are giving me through work, through through personal and and I've been hearing very clearly in some comments judgment being dro- driven against another person's personality or another person's style. And I often wonder to your point, is that a scarcity mindset like the fact that I'm judging somebody else, am I scared of them? Or do I, why don't I like somebody? If somebody says, I don't like that style or I don't like that person. Again, thinking about time travel, am I worried about what they may do to me in the future? Therefore, I don't like them today. I think anytime we have feelings that are out of step with the way God wants us to operate as believers in the world, it's a, it's a good time to pause and ask why. Why, Lord? The Holy Spirit will answer if you're paying attention. And so to your question, like, why do I feel this way about this person? And God will help you. And then you can repent and then you can move forward. It doesn't mean you're going to go be best buddies with that person. There may be perfectly valid reasons that you don't sink, but it doesn't mean you can't love them. And it doesn't mean that it has to create angst and fear and anxiety in your life. And as we think about the future, fear cannot, in all the learning I've had, it is very difficult for fear and anxiety to live in the present. It's a past or future emotions. But in the present moment, if you ask yourself, well, what's true right now? Well, what's true at 10.02 Eastern on January 21st, 2023? I have a job. I can provide for my family. I have health. My entire brood is home. My son's home from college. Everybody's good. That's true right now. That's true right now. That is true right now in this very moment. And if we can cling to that, then we don't have to worry about the future because every moment's going to unplay. I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow anyway, regardless of my job or my plans. Nobody knows the hour, not even the angels of heaven, nor the sun, but the father only. So I guess as we as we begin to wrap up this episode about time traveling to the future, in Matthew 24, it says, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather the elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree learned its lesson, as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you will know that summer is near. You So also, when you see these things, you will know that he is near at the very gates. And I guess that as we close this out, Jay, I don't know whether there's a right or a wrong reason for us to be thinking about the future. Well, we could say that being anxious is maybe the wrong way to be thinking about it. But we should be leaning into the future and time traveling to the future in excitement, knowing that the Lord is right around the corner and that he will come again soon. Jesus is coming back, Jay. Let's go. Yeah, Lord, we we pray for that day and we thank you and we are excited for what the future holds. We have hope, we have joy, and we have peace because we know we are not citizens of this world, but the world to come. And so come Lord Jesus, that is our prayer. It's in your name that we offer that. Amen.